Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cost. Joe, joined by Daniel McDonald. It is Tuesday, 16th of January 2024. This is episode 282. Damon, how are you? We're great. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a very um, wintry day. Finally, finally see some winter. Uh, we've gone through many a winter season without uh, not even a snowflake, not even a one little crystallized piece of water falling. Uh, but eh, we got hit with a couple of a little bit, a little bit. So it's a little uh, icy and cold and wintry. And here we are. It's January sixteenth. What the fuck else did you expect in uh, the Philadelphia region? Uh, how are you? How are you, big man? With the uh, with the master plan? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm good. A uh, bit car trouble this morning, but I, I would say I've reintegrated into British society. Really well, except the one thing I'm totally out of my depth with is winter car problems. Mm-hmm. So the slightest thing goes wrong, I don't fucking know what to do. I don't know anything about cars. I know how to drive them, but that's it. So as I was saying, off the air this morning, got in the car, couldn't move the uh, gear stick to the left or the right, so I could only access second gear and fourth gear. And I thought, can I make it to work using only second gear and fourth gear? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not a good idea. So uh, I took... Mally's car instead. Uh, luckily, we managed to get it sorted out. I think it was just sort of frozen in place. But I've just been doing stuff like trying to fill up the windscreen washer fluid, and I just I'm terrified. I'm going to fuck everything up. Really? Um, I can do that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, do you change your own oil? But you don't do that because um, I don't. Uh, I've not done that. Though. No, I don't know how to fucking do that. I don't. I don't. Listen, I'm right with you. I don't know shit about cars. It's my lease. Because I don't know. I, I don't. If anything goes wrong fucking right on in the shop and i don't care i don't i like i don't like I, truth be told i know people are going to be like well you could save money if you bought it and blah, blah. Like, i like no I, don't, I won't because there's a there's nothing better than every three years i get a fresh new the fantastic new car smell a whole nine yards no one's been in it fantastic it's a great great feeling now they still abuse you <laughs> getting it. They still <laughs> still like the worst process on God's green earth. But the, there is a pot at the end of a of 12 hour day of what it feels like looking for a car. But I don't know how to fix anything. I cannot fix anything on a car. 
I don't care. Who, you, you could get Mr. Joe Mechanic, and I could be shown a thousand times. Yep. I'd be the guy to fuck it up, put the wrong nozzle on the wrong fucking opening. <laughs> Sounds hot. Uh, I've made that mistake a few times myself, actually. Uh, and uh, I would blow up the car. Yep, that would be me. I would, I would, uh, I would find some way to do it. And here's the thing, too. Like, uh, aside from, like, I've never been into cars. Like, I've never been a person who's been like, I'm going to buy a cheap Honda Civic, and I'm going to put a spoiler on it. Shut up. Fucking. I, ugh. Noisy. Noisy cars. Stupid. I'm going to lower my car. Are you? Dummies. I hate it. I hate that. I'm just frightened of other people when it comes to cars. Like, for example, <laughs> I was trying to top up the air pressure in my tires. And then as soon as I started doing it, uh, a car pulled up to the space next to it with some scary men who mm. I assume are working class and working class people, of course, terribly frightening to me. Me too. Just, <laughs> and, and just, just head out the window. Oh, oh you're going to be much longer, mate. I'm like, oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. <laughs> I know. Right. Can you stop pressuring me? Stop putting so much pressure on me to, to hurry up and figure this the fuck out. I'm trying to be a man. I'm doing my best. Yes. <laughs> An absolute fraudulent man performance. Yeah, an attempt all the same. Yeah, give me give me some fucking credit. Yeah, no, I've never been one of those gearheads. I've never, I'd never, uh, uh, never. Uh, I'd rather have a new car. <laughs> I, if I need an oil change, I just go get a new car, y'all. <laughs> I, I don't fuck about. I don't fuck around with that. I got to get a new car. Why? I think it's time to get my oil change. It's been 3,000 miles. What? Yeah. Sign me up. Oh, so what's new in the world of uh, pro wrestling, huh? New Japan well, pro wrestling. Well, it is uh, listeners' last chance to vote in our end-of-year awards mm-hmm. poll, so that link is pinned to the Twitter page. Got some good numbers on it. I'm quite happy with that. So we will... I, I've just been kicking this can down the road. We probably should have done it ages ago, but I, I, it's a difficult time to get it in because I don't want to release the ballot until we've had the last show of the year but at that point it's like you know interview season, Wrestle Kingdom preview season then Wrestle Kingdom and Dash review season and now we've got this show to talk about right. uh, Battle of the Valley so I'll say next week hopefully it'll be a bit of a slow news week and then we can do our uh, long awaited awards Joe we have all these pro wrestlers waiting by their mailbox for the awards. They're, they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. I remember one year I had this harebrained idea where, yeah, you know what? They come to Philly. I'm going to give them like a plaque that they're instantly going to throw in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if we can get any kind of uh, Twitter engagement from the people that we uh, awards it. Who, who, who do we tag? Just the winners, right? We can't tag someone if they're in, like the top three, can we? We're no, no, no. Even even that, sometimes I feel like, oh, okay. Because I don't want to be like one of those fucking like like thirsty fucking Twitter accounts. Yeah. yeah. Who, who would do that engagement farming on a podcast? I don't know. The guy with the weird name. <laughs> Whoever that dude with the weird name is who's incredibly thin and tiny. 
<laughs> and he has a terrible mustache. Who's that guy? Um, Chris Charlton. <laughs> no, he knows that he has a mustache. You need testosterone for that. <laughs> That's terrible. We're gonna have to edit that one out. <laughs> uh no. Who's well, the other one? Chris Charlton, twenty twenty four grow mustache challenge. I'll tell you what. I, I would do one. Yeah, I would do anything to see him uh, with a little, a little, little scruff, little, little, uh, little something going on there. I would. I would like to see what he could pull off. He looks like a guy that might have some trouble growing some facial hair. I'm just, just saying. I think he could do it, Chris. I believe in you. I don't. I don't let's, believe. Let's it. do it. Mustache this year. I don't believe. You, I don't believe it could. <laughs> have you ever seen a picture of him with one with anything? Uh. No. no, no, I'm kind of imagining, as you said that, imagining Chris Trump with a variety of different facial hair uh-huh. styles, like yeah. long kind of castaway beard or sort of like Renaissance little twirly bits and the little sort of forked pointy bit at the, at the bottom, mm. chin strap beard. I don't think you got it. Um, handlebar mustache. <laughs> I'll tell you I'm what. Excited. If, if, <laughs> if Chris Charlton could pull off a handlebar mustache, uh, I will do something. What can I do? Jump off a bridge. <laughs> right, I'll do that. Chris, get growing. <laughs> Please. We, we will enthusiastically attempt to get over the next kayfabe <laughs> attempt. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, how about Joe Lanza? Um, I got to mention this right out of the gate. I did listen to uh, last week's flagship. Uh, I got to echo that man's uh, thoughts and feelings about a certain topic. Um, we roll deep, VOW. We roll deep. I look. There's been all, all sorts of shenanigans going on where people have sort of attacked and uh, declared war on various pe- people, part of our crew. Really? Yeah. Um, who's the latest? I, I don't like to get into that. Uh, Sean Seedor, who lovely guy. Everyone loves Sean, and uh, someone went off on him for liking some tweets that were <laughs> disagreeing with something that the other person said. It was ridiculous. It was just the most preposterous thing. Uh, and uh, that all spiraled out of control. But I don't I don't like to get into that publicly. That We just kind of laugh about it behind people's backs and then get on with it. Yeah. Because the worst possible thing you can do in these instances is engage. Because there's no winning. You can't win. You never yeah. win. You just get dragged into the mud and then hours of your life you'll never get back. I uh, am. Yeah. It's always something. Always something. Like it never ends. It's unbelievable. It's there's never. I mean, look, we're we're living proof. Fucking Christmas, what Christmas Eve, Christmas night. You know, we're, we're dragged into it. But no, let me. Uh, I, you know, look, I I I can't agree w- more with the idea of these aggregators, um, basically stealing content for their own profit, and it's 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 gotten out of hand. It's it really has. Like, I and I think. The idea uh, that that's your if that's your business model, <laughs> our business model is going to be stealing content from other people. There's no, oh, there's no, there's no business. There's no business no. there, right? There's no. a, a very select handful of people who can make a living out of this. Everyone else, I'm sorry, side hustle. That's it. Yeah, right. You, you got to do it out of passion. Don't expect any kind of wrestling media to pay the bills in, in a significant way. That's, yeah. And here's the thing too, that. there's really no such thing as it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just this made up space 
that people always think they can monetize and people think that they can like I don't know somehow become like real media like there's no such thing as a real pro wrestling media because we're covering a thing that's I hate to say it is not real there to is, begin with. There's like two people who are proper pro wrestling media. Everyone yeah, but you this. know what though? And even then it's like okay, the, like I, I know we're talking about Dave as one of them. And and listen, Dave certainly has a space in in that discussion. Like like at least he's a legitimate journalist with journalism credentials, right? But again, the whole idea of this being anything a Truth, like in any other sport, I, so I, I'm, I'm listening to the flagship and they're describing like instances of, okay, a locker room opens and you can talk to any player. And and to a certain degree, that's true. Um, and that usually happens more at practices. Um, but like after games, the, the media staff will pretty much dictate who you talk to. Now, in the NFL, it's a little bit different. Um you can go, you know, wait in front of somebody's locker room stall and hopefully they're going to talk. And usually they do. But like in hockey, it's um, it's a little bit different. Like for the home team, there's usually a list of people for away. Away is a little bit easier. But even then, they the, the, the media people bring the people out that are going to speak. Um, and, and again, usually it's the people that participate in the game. But, like, the questions to ask, like, I know people are making fun of, and we do too, of the that whatever that press conference was with the fucking pickle or whatever the fuck it was, AEW. Yeah. It's like Richard Jones talked about the, the seals. Oh, oh, it's yeah. Sitting there clapping. And um, Trevor Dame put a fantastic tweet here about this, which I, I will repost, but it's the one that stuck out. He was saying that media should have a somewhat adversarial relationship with what they cover. Yes. You're trying to uncover truths in what you cover. And that should at times rub your subjects the wrong way. You should be honest and unmerciful. They're not your friends. Thank you. Th- that, uh, uh, who, who was that? Trevor who? Trevor, Trevor Dane. Trevor Dane? Any relation to Trevor Horn of the, uh, <laughs> never mind. Um, well, good job. I, I think that's a very intelligent tweet. Wow. We found one. We found an intelligent tweet. Um, because yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, look, we're, we're by in, in no way do, would I consider what we do any form of, you know, I say that like, I, I don't think this show is in any way, shape or form, a form of journalism yet the work we, that we do I have an adversarial relationship with everyone, <laughs> <laughs> right? No one likes us, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, I know the work that you put in. I know you know the work that that, that I put in occasionally. Um, but every day I wake up and it's you talking to somebody about something and verifying something, and then following up with someone else. You know what I mean? Like I'm telling you, I know it's hard for people to fucking wrap their heads around, but like we do more journalistic endeavors than just about anyone. And yet we still talk about dicks <laughs> and and the lack of facial hair on Chris Charlton. And yeah, you know, well, we, we could monetize that. All you know, the, that work that you've just mentioned and making it public, but I, I can't, no, I can't deal with it. It's I know. a massive ball, like, and I'd rather just keep that stuff in the Discord. 
where it's going to be shared among people that I trust and it's not going to be leaked out and it's not going to get twisted. It's not going to get picked up by content aggregators. Like the amount of scoops I and you have dropped yeah. in the Discord is obscene. Yep. For free, yep. right? For free. But I just do it because I enjoy it. Yeah. And it's fun. And I like the gossip. I like the rumors. I'm not trying to monetize it. I'm not trying to get it to pay the bills. I'm not using it to try and make friends in the industry. That's it. Yeah. Can't be dealing with the headache of being public with it. And I like the fact that no one has to pay for it except the price that they have to pay is be a decent person. Like, really, that's the only rule <laughs> that we have. And maybe throw some money on Red Circle. If you can. You know what I mean? But I'll never be like, oh, you're an asshole. You've never paid us. So, no, goodbye. You know? Like, no. Like, and and to me, I'd rather share it with people who, at, at the very least, appreciate it and enjoy talking about it and enjoy and I, and I don't care if, if anyone knows or not anymore. I don't care if Reddit knows. I don't care if Twitter knows. I don't care if we get a retweet from fucking whomever. I, like, I, just, I really don't care anymore. I don't. Because to me, that all, all that outside stuff, A, it means nothing. Because, you know, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Rich and Joe and they're talking about like engagement numbers and they're talking about, and I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, why, why do that? Why, why? Here's the problem. It, it, nine times out of 10, you go into that w- in good faith, right? Hey, you know, maybe I can make a couple bucks doing this. I like doing this. You always say, hey, you, you're never working a day if you do something you love. <laughs> well, okay. So, so, you know, you have this fucking idea in your head that, oh, okay, maybe I can, you know, make a couple bucks. And maybe you do get a couple bucks. And you think, okay, well, maybe I can get more. And I don't have to work this fucking crummy job. And I don't have to go into the office anymore. And I don't have to suck my boss's dick. And I don't have to sit there and just eat shit constantly. Maybe I can do something I like. And then you find out, oh, no, <laughs> you can't. Because one... People will obviously take your content for their own purposes, right? So you have to fight that, right? And then you have to just fight just the constant barrage of, well, there's no way you could possibly know that. So I'm going to try to discredit everything about you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's no possible way a promotion in Japan could give you information. Like there's no possible way that anything that you said is 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 legit and it's like and how many times have we proven it like how many times have we just gone through and done it and we've done our little victory dances and we've done our silly little throw roses at each other and we sit there and we 69 each other and we have a fucking giggle but then at the end of the day we're, we're just like oh, what, what are we doing like because we, we got because like it's gotten to the point where years ago i'm like ah, this is not for me i'm not fucking doing this i'm not engaging with these fucking brain dead idiots um, and, and that was one of the things when we had our first conversation, I was like, Joel, I got to be very honest with you. I'm not doing anything on social media. And if I do do something on social media, <laughs> you're going to be as Joe and Rich would love to say, tugging on your collar, <laughs> right? You're going to be like, Oh, okay. David. Um, that like, I, but I know, I know, I know that I'm, that I, that is not a welcome space for me. It's just not because, because I just don't, because the problem is, is that I just don't put up with the bullshit. Like, I just don't put up with the fucking nonsense. Because in real life, if you pulled that shit, I would punch you in the fucking face. 
Like I would knock your teeth through your fucking skull. Um, that's real life, right? That's that's life, like saying and be, and doing and all that. But okay, we're gonna that's, we're gonna that's, do that's tw- quite for the aggregators, by the way. Yeah, I will punch your teeth through your fucking throat. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, but that's real life, Joel. If you if if you talk to someone, anyone face to face, and said some of the things that you either have gotten or maybe even that you have said online. Like you can expect that there might be some a, a little follow up, right? More than likely physical. <laughs> it's just you know that's but that's where we are. Anyway, why am I talking about that? Um, but yeah, I do. I wanted to mention right out of the gate that I did appreciate the fact that uh, they did say what they said uh, because I think it's important that people say that and stick up for that and support that. And quite honestly, not support the the sites that continually do that. And, you know, if we're talking about post, I'll I'll go out here right here fucking right now and say it. I I had no problem with those guys. They were seemed like really cool, nice guys when I met them. Um, But it that that bothered me. The response that you got bothered me. Um, The whole situation absolutely bothered me. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? I, I know all of your paid content is on torrent sites. You know what I mean? I know they're there. Very easily, somebody could download that and just share it with the world, right? And fuck your monetization, right? People could do that. People could be dicks and do that. Am I going to do that? I don't know. If I'm pushed back into a corner? Eh, I don't know. Who knows? But like the idea of that you know, is pretty... Pretty shit. And trust me, I'm sure they sit there and they think, well, fuck, why is his own, why are Patreon stuff on torrent sites? Well, you get a t- little taste of your own medicine, maybe. You know, I mean, you, you can't feel good about that. So why would you do it to anybody else? And then be dicks about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, I think that thing bothers me the most. Like, you're, like, we're the fucking assholes because we have a problem with the shit that we do. That takes time and effort and scheduling and you having to put your fucking kids to sleep and me having to fucking do everything that I have to do during a day and schedule time. And and then we do it. And then, you know, let me tell you something. Nobody was knocking down fucking Kevin Kelly's door until we decided, hey, you know what? Maybe every Wrestle Kingdom will do something with them. Right now, all of a sudden, it's let's get every fucking New Japan guy we can to talk on Wrestle Kingdom. Nobody did it before us. No one, no one did it. Us. So again, I get it. I get it. Let somebody else do the work, and we'll just fucking cl- clean up. I get it. I get. I, I get it. Why am I complaining? Who cares? <laughs> Fuck. I think we've we've got our point across. I think I, I'm happy with establishing ourselves as like the kind of rabid dog in the corner that nobody should approach. Or engage with under any circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's that suits me just fine. Just leave us the fuck alone. Leave us alone. That you know what? That's really what it comes down to. If you don't like us, great, fantastic. Yeah, we're the villain. We're always going to be the villain. There's nothing I say or do is going to change that. No, nope. so. just pretend we don't exist. And we move on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the rant. I'm sorry, Chris Charlton, for making fun of your non-facial hair. I won't do it again. My apologies. Watch. I'll tell you what. If the next time he comes, prove him wrong, Chris. He proved me wrong. wrong. Please, he will will eat his words. I'll eat 
when you're you, sporting a fine moustache. You know, and I say he comes in with like a fake beard the next like. <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. He comes uh, in with a big Santa Claus beard. What? What's different? There's nothing, there's nothing weird here, Walker. Walker Stork. This could be the storyline of the year. Yeah. I tell you, he just lets it grow and grow and grow. And by Wrestle Kingdom, he looks like, you know, he's like, it's like, you know, the old New Year guy, you know, being, you know, he can wear a sash since 2024 and Walker can have like a big diaper, you know, Me too. <laughs> baby New Year. That, that's the gimmick. That's, see, I'm planning to seize right now on January 6th. You have that one for free, lads. Yep. You got that one for free. And so you just generally just do it. And no one will really know, except the the people, dumb people who listen to our show, uh, will know what's going on. And then, like you know, like like it'll get noticeable, like around G one, like around G one, he's going to have a full fucking beard, right? And people are going to be, wow, Chris really kind of going for the. F-. And you now he just gets, keeps it going and going and going. And then Wrestle Kingdom, you know, <laughs> that's the bit. I love it. I tell you what, they can have that for free. Um, just like our content, <laughs> everyone <laughs> for free. <laughs> all right, all right, enough, enough of us whining and complaining. What do we got? What do we want to talk about today? I would like to speak to someone I've not spoken to for a while, and that is Music Damon. Hey, link with a little teaser of Nick Nemeth's new entrance music. Mm. I'd like you to have a little listen, Damon, and see what you think because. I really like it. I mean, this is downstate, so this is the sort of go-to band for uh, ex-WWE guys who are testing the waters elsewhere, excuse me, as we belch into the microphone. Yeah, nice. Save me, Damon. Listen to the music. Tell me what you think. All right. Well, I, I, first, got to be honest with you. I'm, look, I'm looking at the band themselves. I mean, we're talking about, like, this is like poison when they uh, decided to kind of somewhat transition from glam poppy metal to... They want to be a little harder, you know. So, you know, the hair is still teased, but, uh, and there is some makeup, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're trying to be a little, a little harder. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. One goes. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> I was taking oh. my nose as you're not a fan. I think it suits him quite well. He seems to be doing this sort of wanted man gimmick. This is the kind of butt rock thing suits him, doesn't it? I mean, this is eighties metal right here. I mean, I'm looking at the band, I'm looking at the those music. Yeah, this is fucking this is Tesla. <laughs> this is uh Kicks. This is LA Guns right here. This is like this is like one of those B B-level metal bands that came out, you know, like a copy of a copy. Ah, it stinks. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. But um, right, more from Music David next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just terrible. Um, yeah, it's not. That's not for me. It's it's like there's nothing worse than like non-melodic '80s metal. Like there's, I think there's pretty great '80s metal. To be honest with you. But then there's other shit that's like just like so watered down, and that's uh, sorry, that's that that's uh, not for me. All right, um, that's what he's coming out to. Huh? Shout out for um, what we're on the music, Escape the Box, Smoke. Oh yeah, to their new track. Do check it out. I enjoyed that a lot. Heavier, darker than uh, some of their usual stuff. A nice sort of low melodic 
voice. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm t- I can't analyze music? or review music, but it's good. It's good. Go and listen to Escape the Box Smoke. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Editor Dan and the boys. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, one bit of news here before we get into Battle of the Valley. Uh, Rainmaker has been uh, applied for a trademark because this is on uh, Wrestling Observer Figure 4 Online. Mm. A little story here from Ian Carey. Because we've got a card of files to trademark Rainmaker. So the filing was submitted to the USPTO on January 12th. So this uh, is for entertainment services for <laughs> professional wrestler, blah, 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 mm. in the US. Mm. So that's coming to misreports that he's they might be considering signing with a company other than New Japan. We've not heard any more on that. Do you think this is more possible evidence that he may be heading elsewhere? Is this something we should be worried about? Um, well, let's put it this way. I don't think he's personally navigating the uh, United States copyright and uh, trademark <laughs> system. I don't think he's sitting there. Signing documents. That's Matt Bloom doing that. Yeah. Um, Albert, <laughs> somebody, somebody who knows those uh, deep waters uh, are uh, are navigating that for it's him. Not Matt Bloom. It's not Matt Bloom. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. It's, not, it's not Matt Bloom. Oh. Wouldn't it be something if it was Matt Bloom doing that? All his paperwork. He's like, man, I'm so bogged down in all this. I gotta, I gotta finish my tattoos. Uh. My Lord Tensai Inc. is going all over these legal documents. This is a disaster. <laughs> what disaster this is. Um, hey, I mean, look, I, I think we don't know anything more. You know, uh, at least I haven't checked my phone in a, in a while. Uh, but we haven't not we have not heard of anything new or anything in in that regard. But it's just like little things that you see now, and you know, people are picking up on. That you know, I would, it's, it's, I have my eye on it, you know, and I think people should as well. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, did it say who filed the trademark? Was it just him or was it, it wasn't New Japan had nothing to do with it? Am I correct? Uh, Michael E. Dawkins is listed oh. as the attorney of record. Do we know who that is? Can we, do we, have we lo- ever looked him up? and see if we can stalk I this guy. Much. All right. Uh, maybe the, the internet sleuths uh, can do that. Uh, maybe we can see uh, where he practices and what he practices and all that. So, um, now, I've looked him up. Uh, known as the gimmick attorney, Mike is a registered patent attorney serving as intellectual property counsel for elite pro wrestlers. Oh, oh. elite pro wrestlers. Is that is that elite pro wrestlers? That's lowercase e. Okay, just wanted to make sure no, there was no uh, no pun. Um, so uh, he also represents college coaches, television personalities, and podcasters in the sport and entertainment industry. Maybe oh, we should hire this guy. Great, I can't wait to pay for his services with the no money we receive. <laughs> uh, can we, what will we trademark? I don't know. Um, probably uh, the Christmas, the uh, New Year's gimmick. We'll trademark that. Um, look, what I would be concerned with, and again, I am not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination, Um, even though I am a highly intelligent human being who could pick it up just like that, read it, just pick it up like that, could be practicing law in no time. Uh, the, The fact that New Japan Pro Wrestling is not listed anywhere, at least that I'm aware of, uh, nor, um, 
anything of, of, of that nature where New Japan would be involved in that would have me at least raising an eyebrow. Right, I think that's a fair thing. I think it's a fair thing. I don't think, I don't think it's a the the complete tell all. I think it's just a, a a little little thing in the pot, if you will. Um, and I'll go so far as to say, or to ask, and I do not have the answer to this: Are there other New Japan Pro wrestlers that have anything similar to what you described here in this situation? Right. Uh, if 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 not, then again, I another maybe maybe we need to underline that or, or get out our highlighter and 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 kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, it could be all for naught. I should point out maybe maybe a bit of a context here. Good. He did when Okada was doing his recent appearance for TNA. He went into the ring and kissed the TNA logo. In the middle of the map, so Ew. who knows? Maybe he is going to be Okada. <laughs> Do you? Re- I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's kissing fucking logos. I don't know why he would do that, given the treatment he had before. Maybe he's a master and servant. <laughs> um, and he likes to be treated like a cock. Ugh. Um. But yeah, that's weird, right? He's not going to TNA, right? I mean, that like seriously, I need somebody to really look me deep into the eyes and be and say, "Yep, he's gonna he's gonna leave New Japan and think that going to TNA is going to uh, raise his stock." I mean, but here's the thing too: they got money. They're just they they can't wait to spend. It feels like. It feels like like every big name, and, and and I know it is contract season, and but every big fucking name out there is you know, you know tied to TNA rumors. They they have money to spend apparently. And I'll, Based I, on Nick Nemeth, I mean, I, I don't know if that what that means for him in terms of New Japan. I mean, New Japan with Nick Nemeth that just could be a one off, or it could be him doing big shows. They could just be testing the waters. I don't know if he's they, they've got him penciled in for tournaments, but. It seems that TNA is going to be his home base, at least for the near future. See, okay, that's every time you say his name, I think of Mike Nesmith of the Monkeys. <laughs> every time, nobody's going to get that except the uh, Google it, kids. It's not a bad band, I'm telling you. Not very underrated Monkeys. Um, hey, I, can you see honestly? It, it, give me a give me a percentage in your heart of hearts, Joel. Him signing full time with TNA. Uh, the generous 5%. Okay, very good. I I just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my head here. Uh, There's no... I'm going to say it right now. I would be absolutely blown away, shocked out of... Like, nothing would shock me more if he thought going exclusively to TNA was going to be a a great idea. I just... I'm sorry. Like, I couldn't even tell you where to find TNA right now. Like, if I wanted to watch it, I have not a clue. Zero. None. Uh, And maybe that'll change, but I don't know. I just, like, now's the time. Now is not the time to go explore and hope that they got it right for the 15th time, right? 
there have been there have been so many chances that that promotion and and various forms of that promotion have had to 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 really make their mark, and they fumbled every fucking time. And maybe they get it right this time. Who knows? But I, I if I'm if I'm him, there's no way. May, I, you know, am I going to do a couple dates here and there? Yeah, maybe. Sure. You know, if nobody minds. But to sit there and have that be home base, nah. I, I mean, but I say that I don't know what kind of fucking money they they throw around. Like if they really wanted to make a splat, here's the thing though. Do you think like I don't care where he signs? I, well, let me take that back. Do you like for us nerds that are into this pro wrestling stuff? It would be like shocking because we know the backstory, but like, like I don't know if if Okada brings new faces. You know what I mean? Does he bring new eyeballs to a product? I think he just moves the same fucking people that are watching pro wrestling anyway. They're just going to maybe a continue to watch or b maybe check it out to just see. Maybe they they will check it out just to expand their pro wrestling horizons, but like the, those are the people that are going to get a hard on over this. Like, ca- are casuals going to give a fuck anywhere he signs? I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this: at least you know of the two options that are on the table. You know, WrestleMania has no problem fucking selling out two nights at at the link. Um. AEW for all their faults and all you know, people finger wagon. You know, they're, they're doing okay. There's some. There's you know, when a time when it, let me let me take that back. They're doing okay in certain at certain times. You know, they, like if they have a big show that they want to want to push, you know, you can assume that building's going to be if not sold out. Damn near close. Now, a TV taping in fucking Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. It might struggle. Right? Let's be fair. Yeah. But, you know, a big show in a in a strategically placed building, it'll make some money. It'll make some money. Um, I guess my, my overarching point in all this is, A, we don't know where he's going to go. B, it wouldn't surprise if he goes to AEW, WWE. Originally, when this whole thing was going down, I heard that there was more interest in him going to WWE than AEW. But I, trust me, I understand the arguments that people might have and say, "Hey, you know, the, the relationship with New Japan, he can still work business." All his, you know, most of his friends, he's got a lot of friends in WWE. Let's not let's not fucking goof around here either. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like you know Kevin Owens and AJ. And Shinsuke, and you know, should I keep going? Ricochet, you know, all these fucking people. Yeah, you know, I think they're pretty tight. Um, and look, the money that's being thrown around for these fucking TV contracts and the TV rights deals is—I <laughs> mean, it feels like once once that money clears it's going to be chaos pardon the pun so like i said we told we told you we told you uh 
2024 is going to be crazy. 2024 is going to be crazy. And uh, we're right, right on pace. All right, well, let's get into the main topic of the day, which is Battle in the Valley from the San Jose Civic Center. Attendance was 2,147 sellout. Yeah. So very well done. Yep. Very impressed by that. Yep. They, they've done a great job there, loaded up the cards, and done a, a really good number there. Um, production. Daryl says, can NJPW USA please hire a more competent high school AV crew to run their broadcast? <laughs> While we at least didn't have the multicolored smear for several minutes like last year's Battle in the Valley, it continually disappoints, especially for a pay-per-view. Not enough revenue to justify the expense. And Louis says, the curse of Fight TV continues. I like the show overall. However, the sound was my issue with the show. Announcer's audio came in too loud. I could hardly hear Rancher's music, let alone the ring, where the bodies hit the map. New Year, same fight TV problems. You guys have any issues? So I, I watched the first chunk of it in Japanese commentary, and that sounded good. Mm-hmm. I could hear the crowds and hear the ring and everything. Then switched to English, and yeah, there, there seemed to be some issues with that, and also just issues with like a lot, just just too much talking in general. Vader Scott, it's great announcer, great in a role, but yeah, you know, sometimes you would see Kevin Kelly during a broadcast, he would like put his hand out. Sure, you could see him doing it. He put his hand out to get everyone else at the commentary booth to just be quiet yep. and let a moment breathe. That's We, we need more of that because it was just constant blah, 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 blah. And I felt that at points that was detracting from some pretty momentous stuff that was going on in the ring. So um, two, two little chunks of feedback there in terms of the audio quality. And also the commentary itself. Now that's to be expected, obviously, because there's you know a lot of new people and those relationships need to be built up. But um, yeah, that's one thing Kevin Kelly was excellent at, at that you know directing traffic and instructing other people when to lay out. Yeah, and and to me that's 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 you know you you hired a person to to be that person, let them be that person. And if you don't trust them to be that person, then why'd you fucking hire them? Um, like, yeah, somebody's got to be somebody's got to be the quarterback. Somebody's got to, you know, you know, somebody's got to take back seats. Somebody's got to, you know, tap out, and somebody's got to know when when to push harder. And sometimes you do need that traffic cop. Um, and there's nothing you you need it. You definitely need it, and um, I look. I, I, how many times have we complained and bitched and moaned about production and the quality or lack of? And it's it's just not going to change. Like whoever is in charge of that, whoever, um, whatever for whatever reasons, I've heard every excuse under the sun. Oh. The satellites problem. Oh, it's the building's electricity. Oh, it's this. Uh, it's that. Like I've heard it all, and for years now. Like it's this is not like if this is new. And and what's weird is that there there are, and I'll put in air quotes, indie pro, pro wrestling promotions that I feel like have a better handle and a better grip than a lot of these U.S. shows. It's um. Like we've gotten even past a point where we're hand waving and laughing at it. Like we're just like, if they look, if they don't hear and and read the tweets and see what people say about it, 
um, and to continue to do this. And again, if it's the buildings, then okay, I don't know. Find a new fucking building. Find a new tooth. You don't have to run the same goddamn buildings. Um, if you, especially if you know it's the building that's the issue or the infrastructure thereof, uh, just I don't know. I don't. I don't have the answer because I don't know what they're doing. But all I know is that the end results are still the same. And so, so what do we do? Like to charge a premium for a was it Saturday night, right? Saturday night, and to ask people to hey, you know what? Stay home. Stay home. Watch this pro wrestling product. And truth be told, the card was tremendous. Like the card itself, you know, going through that and seeing the lineup, like it, I was, I was praying that it did do as well as it did live, Joel, because if it didn't, I don't know what more could have been done, right? So, uh, like, whoever booked the talent, got the talent, agreed upon, like, and and made those matches, I think deserves credit. Uh, because it was it was sexy as fuck. That was that was on paper great pro wrestling lineup. <sighs> Production wise, man, uh, a, a D. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a D. It's just embarrassing to it, to ask people to pay a premium. And trust me, I asked for a freebie. <laughs> I don't never ask for. I never ask for a fucking freebie. I just knew I wasn't going to be home. I knew it was. I knew it was going to be running around. And I was like, you know what? I maybe does anybody have a fucking code? No, no, I got I got ghosted. <laughs> I couldn't even do that. So they ask, so they wouldn't even do that for me. So they, you know, I give up. What are you gonna do, Joe? It sucked. They're not gonna change it. Yeah, it's one of those things. I've just run out of energy, constantly complaining about uh, it is bad, and they should make it better. Yep. But. Big picture thoughts in terms of the actual show itself. I am really encouraged and and pleased and excited by what they are doing in the States. It feels like in sort of this um, post-AEW, well, not post-AEW, but, you know, since AEW arrived on the scene, that landscape for New Japan and the US, it feels like they've finally identified their lane and know how to stick in it. Like, they're finally getting their shit together in the States. I, I like the way... It's like this sort of parallel continuity to the domestic product. It's not like they're just taking, you know, destruction in Kobe show and transposing all the feuds and all the wrestlers over to the States. Because I don't think that would necessarily work very well. It looks like they're going with a strategy of, I don't know, four or five big US, big strong shows every year um, with little self-contained storylines and feuds where each show sets up the next show. So you walk away from that one knowing pretty much what you're going to be seeing at the top end of the next one. And that seems to be working. And it's really, I think, done a good job to solve the problems they were encountering before of having of being sort of hamstrung by big shows in Japan, where you'd have to wait and see what happened at you know Sakura Genesis or whatever before they could announce their big stuff for the States. Mm. And now, no problem anymore. They've already announced a load of stuff for Windy City, right? We've got a handful of big matches that uh, do not depend upon whatever's going on in Tokyo, the week before, we've got Mox versus Naito, Ali versus Hiromu, Perry versus Shota, Eddie versus Gabe Rematch. That's a really good start to the card, and that's obviously going to be fleshed out by more stuff as well. And I think the ticket sales reflect that. They've sold 2,472 already for Windy City Riot. 
that's according to WrestleTix, and that is up 841 in the last three days. So there's a tangible uh, benefit there to getting their ducks in a row, announcing that nice and early, and anecdotal evidence of people saying, wow, actually, this, this sounds really good. I've got to get myself over there for Winnie City Riot. So they they have set up that arena for three three and a half thousand, which seems a bit conservative because I, I thought it was like a, a 10K arena. I mean, obviously, you can take a chunk out of that for, you know, ramps and uh, screens and, and whatnot. Um, so according to that setup, three and a half thousand, there's just over a thousand seats left. And mm. I dare say they might get close to that. They they may probably will open up more seats than that. But all in all, it seems like really sensible booking. And, and I like what they're doing over there. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my, you know, I'll give you the, the, the thing that bothers me and then I'll, um, and then I'll shower them with praise. How about that? We'll work in reverse how I usually do it. Um, first things first, like for me personally, I don't know if all this is for me. Like, I don't know if this is a lot of names and talent and people and matches. And it, like, it feels like a really stacked independent pro wrestling show. And there is nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, the idea of it being New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and maybe I just have this archaic thought of what New Japan Pro Wrestling is, and I need to kind of shake that off of me. Um, no, you're, you're right. It, it's not like New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Correct. It's, it seems to have its own identity now. And yeah, I, I take your point. This is not for, you know, there's some people they're using that I'm not a fan of, and I, I almost dare say that, I can't, I can't think of many matches they've had in the States in recent years that have touched my match of the year levels. Um, so it's not, again, for my taste, delivering at the same level that the domestic product does. But in terms of the business metrics, it's, yeah. it looks to be successful. But yeah, I apologize for interrupting. No, yeah, no, no. It's, it's got its own flavor, hasn't it? It does. It does. And it's kind of like, you know, you're getting the premium ice cream and now we got the, you know, the, the dollar store version. Um, and while it might, might taste the same in, in a lot of ways, there is that little, mm, that's not quite hitting the mark. So it's a California roll. I've uh, used great, that before, haven't I? Great. Yes. Once again. Yes. Yeah. It, this is the California roll. Um, this is the buttered chicken, right? Um, so, and, 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 but here's the thing though, like lots of people order California rolls, Joel. And lots of people order butter chicken. And just because it's it's not going to please our our you know our vastly superior palate to to get the flavors of saffron and blah 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 blah. Like, okay, we get it. A little 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 much. I, I understand. Um but but yeah, I don't I don't know if, if this is for me and nor do I really feel like they give a fuck if it's for me or not? You're right. From a business perspective, they're probably making the smarter move. They're probably bringing in people that the majority of people want to see. And that's evident by, you know, strong ticket sales. Now, again, we're not talking 70,000 fucking seats. Okay, great. But, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk and you got to walk before you run. 
Um, and, you know, this is a company that basically had their legs severed, it feels like. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're doing, I think, the smart thing. And they're probably being fiscally responsible um, because the majority of that, that world and that talent um, is U.S. based. And, you know, if, if we're trying to appeal to a U.S. based audience, that, trust me, they want to see Mox and they want to see Eddie Kingston and they want to see uh, Matt Riddle and they want to see Mustafa Ali and they want to see all these names. You know, you can't fault New Japan Pro Wrestling for at least trying to bring in names that are available. Like you're not going to sign guys that that you know have an exclusive five year deal or three year deal. You know, it's just, you, you can't do it. You only can only bring in people that are available, and the people that are available are you know it's not like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel with the people that are there. They got the guys and young ladies that people want to see, and just because fucking old man Damon, you know, is sitting there with a hard on hoping the days of Nobuhiko Takata and fucking Shinya Hashimoto and Akira Maeda come rolling back. Uh, that don't mean dick. That don't mean dick. Uh, they're, uh, they, they at, at the very least, and again, it might not be for me, but at the very least, they have a plan, it feels like. And I can't fault them for that. Is it is it something that I would go run out and buy a ticket for to see Mustafa Ali? I don't give I I don't know Mustafa Ali. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think I've I've seen a match, and if I did, I I, I don't remember it. Like I'm going to be honest. I don't know Mustafa Ali. I don't watch any WWE program whatsoever. None for years. And I'm not saying that to be like oh, I'm I'm Mr. Hines. I'm Mr. Real Wrestling fan, and you're below me. No, I just it's just not for me. Like it's just not something I watch. So I couldn't tell you if he's good, great, indifferent. I have no fucking idea. I, I mean, and that might be a good thing. Like, cause I'll go into this match with absolutely zero preconceived notion. Zero. I don't know the fucking guy. Um, I think it's funny that anybody could just challenge for a title. That's <laughs> fine. You know, whatever, or not, not a title, but a match per se. Um, and I guess it makes it more, more sense because, you know, if he, was holding the junior title, it, it would bother me more. But okay, it's it, there's no titles on the line, so anybody can challenge anybody. What the fuck do I care? Uh, yeah, I mean, if tickets are moving, Joel, and money's to be made, who am I to argue? Like if, if like if like if they were doing this, and you told me, yep, and they sold twenty seven tickets, <laughs> you know, we'd have a different conversation. But that's not the case. So good on them. Good on them. Yeah, and I don't want to go down the sort of WWE fan rabbit hole of excusing shit creative and shit booking and say, well, you know, the, the business is doing well. Look at the tickets, blah, blah, blah. Whilst I, same as you, you know, I would rather see, I don't know, like Suji versus Shota Umino main event, whatever. Like, this is not to my particular taste, but I don't think it is. I still think it's well booked. You know, it's, they're, they're putting on good matches. I think they're putting the right people at the top of the card. So, again, I'm not excusing something that I think is subpar because I think we still need to critically analyse stuff on a creative level as well as a business level. But I feel that they're doing a really good job to 
sort of navigate and recalibrate their role in the states following the uh, establishment of AW and, and post pandemic and all all this stuff. Uh, you know, after the um, Mercedes Monet thing went tits up, so there've been a lot of setbacks, and yeah, they're doing well to find their niche. So well done. Um, let's get into the show itself. Then I, I I did watch the kickoff matches. We have Matt Vandergriff with the um, I can't remember the, the name of the gimmick thing, but basically. As long as he keeps winning, he's going to stay on these matches. But if he loses, then the next guy takes a spot on, on the following match. It's like a sort of winner stays on gimmick. Uh, right. So he wins again uh, against Goldie. He looks all right, but it just he 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 looks like the sad teenage son of Chase Owens, and I can't get past that look for me. That kind of sort of hangdog expression. So uh, I, I don't know. Jury's out for me on Matt Vanegriff. Although the in ring stuff is absolutely fine. Uh, the other kickoff match was Stephanie Vaquer defeating Viva Van. And Vaka looks like she is going to be the next challenger for Julia for the uh, strong women's uh, strong women's championship. And I, I really like Stephanie Vaka. So Stephanie Vaka versus Julia will be a really good match, I think, if they're putting that on uh, Windy City Riot. I, big, big thumbs up for me. That's something to look forward to. And that's the pre-show. I don't think many people watched that, but I did. I thought it was good. Uh, first match then, we had Shota Umino, Fred Rosser, Jacob Fatu defeating Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson. Eight minutes, 59 seconds for Shota. Pinned Royce Isaacs with a Death Rider. So uh, quite a lot going on in this match. So we had Jacob Fatu. I, th- I believe this was his first appearance working in New Japan show. Uh, Scott says Jacob Fatu brought some big energy. The crowd was hot for him. Would you like to see more of him on New Japan proper shows? I would. Love the energy. Uh, I know he's had his troubles in the past, but he certainly delivered uh, an energetic performance that made me think this is a guy who wants to get noticed. And I think there's a lot of upside there, particularly in Japan. He feels like the sort of wrestler that I think the the domestic fans would really uh, respond well to. So definitely I think that is a, a tyre worth kicking. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so much stuff going on in this match. So we had the Fred Roster and Tom Lawler having a handshake at the end of the match again. So this is the second time they've done the sort of slapping each other in the face and shaking hands. And, and I thought previously that that was setting up them teaming up for World Tag League, but that didn't happen in the end. But there's more discontent going on with West Coast Wrecking Crew shouting at Tom Lawler backstage and not happy that he's kind of making friends with Fred Rosser. But then Fred Rosser said to him, if he ever needs a teammate in the future, the offer's there. So it feels like something's brewing there. And again, that's something I watch with interest that I wouldn't always... I say every time we talk about Tom Brawler, I would love to see him get used more in the company. At least he made it onto the the, the main card this yeah. time. So that in this match. And then we also had uh, Shota Umino after the match getting attacked uh, by a stranger in a bushy mask, which turned out to be Jack Perry. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, some of the security stuff they weren't informed ahead of time. They thought it was a, just a, a random person trying to assault Shota. Yeah, because he so, looks like a random person, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that might have something to do with it, but okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, he revealed himself to be Jack Perry with a big beard now. I think this is his first appearance following the sort of suspension, the uh, all-in stuff with CM Punk. He's was wearing an uh, armband that says the scapegoat. He oh. tore up an AEW contract. Mm. Um, and I guess that would mean his return match would be in Chicago. And I, I think New Japan would really be missing the trick if they didn't lean hard into that and, and play that up. I don't know if you... If you Wanted to sort of explicitly reference CM Punk stuff, but I think he should. Why not? I, you know, if you really want to get good heel heat, I think that's what he should be doing. Uh, now, look, 
Uh, Jack Perry is never someone who has particularly impressed me in AEW, um, even though fans of him and fans of the product were constantly telling me, you know, he's one of their pillars. He's got a lot of upsides. He's going to be a future star. I never saw it. However, you know, fresh coat of paint, new people to work with. I'm willing to give it a go. At first, I was like, really? What? Not, not sure about this, but I will, I'll be open-minded. I'll give it a chance. Let's see how he gets on. You know, having a big singles match with Shota in Chicago, if, if that's the direction. And who knows? I mean, I, I, I think it's it's an interesting move. Again, worth a shot. Let's let's see how he gets on. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff here. So, Damon, what, what did you think of it? What were we thinking about Jacob Fatu and uh, Jack Perry? Yeah. Tom yeah. Lawler, go. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the 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 Lawler stuff always fascinates me. How he, you know, this is the second show in a row where it's, you know, he's either not on the show and you know in a pre-show, and or he's you know first match, and he's always the he always delivers. And I don't know what the problem is. Like I don't know what we're waiting for here. And and again, you're right. There are situations and scenarios um, with Fred Rosser and. You know, it seems like they're trying to brew something up and they're taking their time doing it. I don't know. I just see. Look, I, I'm you're right. You are a thousand percent right in the sense that, you know, let's give it a try. Let's let's see how it works. I can't say that I'm that I've ever really cared that much about Jack Perry. Um, I think. You know, I remember him with the dinosaur, Luchasaurus, um, and that seemed fine. Uh, and then there were times where he was, you know, in, in the middle of some title pictures and stuff. Like, I don't mind him. I just, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I'm okay with the the idea of let's see if it works because stranger things have happened in pro wrestling where things that I didn't think were worth a shit, you know, became. Per- pretty hot uh, so i'm willing to kind of put that you know put what i feel pro wrestling is which is just my opinion of it and what i enjoy with it and and see if i can kind of squeeze some juice out of it uh got a lot of buzz didn't it got a lot of people talking it did and and i think that's a good thing um but you know we're talking about things that boom I, I look. I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that that that's a bad thing because it's it is a good thing. Like there's there's no doubt about it. And there are people that I, I mean, does he have a such a fan base that we'll we'll see a significant uh, buzz continue? I, I don't I, I don't know. Um, to me, this whole CM Punk thing is pretty fucking ludicrous that it's still like a thing and it's something that like we're gonna kind of continue to hitch our wagon to like oh, all right fine um because truth be told well i don't know i was gonna say like does anybody know uh, like does, do people care about that um i think just milk it for the heel heat you know some sort of cheeky little nudge wink references right but, but how many people get day, that you know what i mean well he he's got a transition that into being his own person and right. sort of refining what what his gimmick is what his character is now what his motivations are uh not use that as a crutch but use it as a, a springboard yes okay I, I and i'm in full agreement i i'll i'll, I'll take that yes 
Um, I thought the match was fine. I thought the match was good. And Fatu, I would love to see more of. Obviously, Atamalar, I would love to see a lot more from and give him more opportunities to be nice. And we'll see where we go. Um, it's look if 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 if, if I'm talking about an opening match, uh, this is probably one of the most talked about opening matches in a long time. Um, and at the very least, there's your end result. So that, and that's a good thing. So okay, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what it because again, this is what people apparently are okay with and want and. Let's let's see how it plays out because it might turn to gold. Yeah, uh, and also good to see Shota similarly sort of penciled in having that. Well, I would say it's a, f- a fairly prominent single spot for Winnie City, right? If that is you know where we go with this, so um, yeah, big big vote of confidence for him being selected as potentially Jack Perry's first big opponent, big feud opponent there. So uh, yeah, all good stuff. So uh, move on to second match, which was like the CMLL offer match where we have Mascara Dorada and Volador Jr. defeating Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. 11 minutes, 11 seconds. So Volador got the pin over Rocky via Canadian Destroyer and they're going to be going off and doing some other CMLL stuff. I really like this. This is this is the new Mascara Dorada, Mascara Dorada 2.0. This is not the artist formerly known as Mascara Dorada, who's now going by Metalik. So this is a new guy, young guy, really, really exciting. Ton of upside. It seems like CMLL is being built around him at the moment. So I would love to see him get something prominent at Fantastic Mania and um, some more New Japan dates for him because I think he's a very, very talented wrestler. And Sobrano Jr., you know, we, we mentioned that he apparently signed a one-year deal with New Japan. I don't know what that looks like or how he's going to be featured. I, I've really enjoyed watching him in this sort of new Rudo role, which... Um, you know, we're not seeing a, a huge amount from Soberano Jr. doing that. Usually he's been a, a technico when he's been doing his New Japan stuff, but he seems to be easing into that really interestingly. And and I don't know, like I never know how much traction there's going to be with these um, luchadors, you know, how meaningfully they, they will get used in New Japan because they tried to do it with Ryu Lee, Dragon Lee, but obviously that went tits up for whatever went down there. Uh, I thought they used Titan really well last year, you know, getting all the way to the best of the Super Juniors final um, and obviously him being given a spot in LIJ. So I don't know if we get something of that level for Soberano Jr. I think he he's worth it. I think he's he's tremendous. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one to, to keep an eye on for this year. What, what, what do you think might be a realistic expectation for how Soberano is used in New Japan this year? A lot of U.S. states, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think the relationship that that the, that they do have um, in Mexico, yeah, I mean, again, flights are much cheaper going to San Jose than it would be going to Tokyo, no doubt. And I, watching this match and watching other matches that they've had involvement with, and obviously Rocky being in the mix, and then there's that little bit of tele exchange uh, synergy there. It reminds me a lot of like ECW back in the day when they would just kind of randomly and again maybe not randomly maybe they had more of a working relationship than that than they let on but like different promotions throughout the world would come in like they would bring in like Michinoku Pro and they would do like a six man or they would bring in AAA guys from AAA or guys from uh you know or wherever um, and there would be a fee, like it wouldn't be inv- like it has nothing to do with Tommy Dreamer and Raven. You know what I mean? It had nothing to do with 
uh, public enemy and gangsters. It had nothing to do with Rob Van Dam and whomever. You know, it the, like the general storylines were, you know, it played no factor whatsoever. But they were matches that people, you know, kind of re- remember and you know, use as like an ECW touch point. Um, and I'm not saying that these matches that New Japan are doing are that currently, but you know, I, I get I get what they're trying to do, um, and I wish they would kind of lean into that more, right? Use that as just like, okay, let's just fucking showcase these guys and let them do second match of a show, blow the fucking the doors off the barn, um, go do your shit, and. And, and expose people to other forms of pro wrestling. Like it, like if, if they could do that um, and at the same time continually, you know, you could have little, little tiny mini feuds based off of, of that, you know, um, and just tell their, you know, the story of, of, of the, within these match constructs for, you know, now in the year, two years, whatever, right? Um, give it their give it give it a little showcase as opposed to um what I just suggested of just being, you know, just showcasing talent. I mean, they could go either way. And I would have no problem with it whatsoever. I just w- wish they would lean into it a little bit more of it of it being, hey, here's some shit that's going to be good and uh that you may not fully recognize or appreciate or what have you and let them go uh let them do that and showcase it like that i think that's a good i think it's a good thing right i I mean for for a second match the talent that's in that ring nobody's complaining about that uh lean into it more i got no problem with it our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Third match was David Finley defeating TJP in 30 minutes and seven seconds with his uh, new finisher, the overkill. It's a bit like a, a go to sleep. Uh, William says, why can't David Finlay get a dominant win? In the last few months, he's had big singles matches, which were pretty even versus Tangaloa, where he had to cheat, and a junior heavyweight, albeit a well-booked one with a title. Do you think it's stopping him from looking strong? Uh, I thought he looked good here. I mean, I was expecting this to be sort of like a sort of routine, you know, eight-minute win, but it went, when it reached the point where I thought, okay, it's done now, it went a good few minutes past that and it went harder than I thought it was going to go. So I, I can't fault the effort here. And and I think Finlay is kind of leaning more into the sort of savage persona that he had when he first went on this uh, heel run than the stuff he was doing towards the back half of 
2023 where I thought it sort of lost its way. So what I've seen this calendar year from Finlay has been encouraging. I thought this match was really good. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with with the way the match was laid out. He said about you know oh he's against a junior. Uh, TJP did say backstage that he is not going to be a junior much longer and he was sort of hinting at becoming United Empire leader talking about oh while our prince is off doing other things it's going to be a dark crown and Osprey made some comments about oh TJP's in charge while I'm away uh that is scary to me because I I really like TJP in his role as a, a junior tag champion I think he's been outstanding in the junior tag division really new life into it. It's been a great uh, partner for Acura, and I really value the stuff he does during Best of the Super Juniors. But him, as a heavyweight and a faction leader, and doing the spooky stuff is terrifying. I don't want that. I want no part of that. So uh, I, I urge TJP to stay in his lane, uh, and I hope that this is just him saying stuff. You know, him being a bit of a you know rabble rouser or shooting his shot or whatever. Because we know sometimes in New Japan guys just say shit, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's where the booking is going. So I hope this is more of that because um, I, I value the work that he does as a junior heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, all due respect, I, I can't see any of that coming to. <laughs> I I just don't, um, and I could be off base, and they, they might have great things. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they'll they pull that off. I don't. I don't even know if it's if it's if it's even in the cards that they're going to to pull it off. Um, I, I I don't see it. But um, I I don't. I I mean, <laughs> I I just don't see it. <laughs> I, I I mean, I could be dead wrong, but I I mean, does anyone on planet Earth besides him think that that's the direction we're going? Um, hey, let's, you know, I don't know how you just determine that you are a heavyweight. Now, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know. It's just a lot of, a bowl of pasta. right. I was about to say, like a lot of, you know, six meals a day kind of thing. And, uh, you have lifts in your shoes and all that. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of times it's just guys saying shit to say shit. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, fourth match, we had the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship with Hikolo and ELP successfully defending against Coglin and uh, Clark Connors. 12 minutes and 6 seconds after the Super Thumbikiss 86. So they retain the Strong Tag Team Championships. Um, so I don't have a huge amount to say about this. I'll tell you what, what might that could be uh, a fun defense. Maybe um, Rossa and Lawler can challenge mm. uh, ELP and Hikolo. That would be good. Or I mean, we do actually have ELP and Hikolo defending the strong titles against some horrendous challenges in the Nagoya show, but we'll, we'll preview that later. So let's we'll stick a pin in that for now because uh, I don't I want to stick with the, the positive momentum <laughs> all so right, far. All right, but, yeah, this, the match was all right. I mean, it was yeah. it was fine. Nothing's right home about. Um, I suppose the more notable thing was uh, the I think it was after this where we got the Mustafa Ali vignette, and you touched on it before. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the sort of presidential candidate gimmick that he's doing. And this diatribe he went on about Hiromu carrying a, a stuffed animal to the ring. It's like he sort of saw a bit of Hiromu in 2018 and then it was like, okay, yeah, that, that would do. Because right. <laughs> I don't, Hiromu's not exactly been featuring Daryl very heavily over the last couple of years. So 
I think he needs to sort of update that because that does not seem uh, sufficient ground to be building a few. He's, he's got to work hard on that. However, uh, I think that's a, it's a good get. Again, worth kicking the tyres. I think him versus Hiromu is an exciting match on paper. Um, hope it can deliver. I, I've always been a fan of Ali's in-ring work. And, um, you know, it's, it's got people talking. People are excited about that. So, uh, yeah, good job. I think that's worth exploring. Can we do this? Can I can I put out a a, a bat signal, so to speak? Um, somebody recommend to me his best match. I want to go into it with a little bit of open uh, open mind, open eyes. Because I because I, I'm being very dead serious. I'm not 100 percent sure that I've seen a match of his. Um, was he in the cruiserweight classic? Yes. Okay, he was. And he was. was he a finalist? No. Okay. Uh, let me get the cruiser. That's a really good question. Cruiserweight classic brackets. Because mm-hmm. I know the final four. I can tell you the final four off my head. That was TJP, uh, Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. And was it was a Grand Metalik, wasn't it? So um, here we go. Uh Excuse me. <laughs> it's gone all tiny. I can't see it anymore. No. Uh, uh, yes, he was. So he faced Lindsay Dorado in the opening round. Okay. And I think he lost that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure he's done other things in his time there. Yeah. Somebody shoot me here and Joel a link. Um, I want the best. I don't want some fucking shitbag match. I'll, I'll be willing to watch. Oh, what's that? Is that baby yes right there? Oh, the little boy's working up. He's, he's going to come over here. Uh, I did get cage match up just to see what his highest rate of matches. It's a match against Buddy Murphy, a no disqualification match from 2018. There's a three way 2018 Daniel Bryan from 2019. <laughs> yeah, not seeing a huge amount Holy of shit. highly rated stuff <laughs> recently. Um, 2019. That's f- well, I, I just ranked the cage match, yeah. uh, the match guide by rating. Yeah, um, 2019 we're talking about. We've got a, we've got a, a, a 2024 match at number Ooh. 10. I, Eagle, Eagle Blanc versus Mustafa Ali. We've got a 2023 match. Jagger Reed, Joe Gacy and Rip Fowler versus Mustafa Ali, Tyler Bate and Wesley, six-man tag match. So, Was that NXT? Yeah, I think there's some. So probably. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck half of those guys. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, this is the fifth fifth highest rated match: Prince Mustafa Ali versus Zack Sabre Junior. Mm-hmm. from uh, twenty sixteen in AAW. Twenty sixteen, according to my math, that is four hundred and seventeen years ago. Um, <laughs> I could I could be off, but that seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? That's a that's a long time. It is ago. a long time ago. But I just thought that was a nice little yeah. Back there. All right. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. Uh, I got to be honest with you. That doesn't give me high hopes. Like you're telling me the, the body of work that Mustafa Ali has produced. Uh, you know, it's like in WWE. When they, I understand. You know, creative has nothing for you. You don't get to do anything fun. All right. But that's just like, like okay, so what we're – Look, I, look um, and, and but people are buying tickets. So what the fuck do I know? I'm, I'm just saying – Okay, if I'm if I'm looking at it from a why why am I caring? 
Like I'm, I'm hoping that we're bringing in somebody that can go, and you're telling me that he could go eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll okay. see. All right, we'll see. Uh, fifth match was the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. Julia uh, with her eighth defense. Wow, she's racking them up against yeah. Trish Adora. Thirteen minutes and two seconds with a Northern Lights bomb. Uh, this is all right. I mean, I thought I don't want to go ahead. Yeah, say, say it. Junior. Don't you're not going to get canceled. Yeah. I have a mental disability. We're fine, all right? <laughs> uh, Julia led the match using her superior experience and, and ring leadership skills. Let, let's put it that way. I thought Trisha Dawes was all right. I mean, she needs, she needs to get more reps, and she'll, she'll improve, I'm sure. But uh, uh, more excited by the upcoming challenges, Stephanie Vaker. That should be really good. Uh, right. Then we had the sixth match where we had Matt Riddle making his New Japan debut uh, <laughs> against uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and Badu Tito. So he had a mystery partner, X, who... I uh, correctly predicted as Jeff Cobb for the Chosen Bros thing. But extremely funny with the production where they had um, Matt Riddle. This was before X was announced. So Matt Riddle on the turnbuckle, you know, posing for the crowd. Then the little graphics, Chiron pops up underneath the name label, Jeff Cobb. It's <laughs> like completely, completely really surprised, but in an extremely funny way. Like that popped me. I, you know, I couldn't get angry about that. just because. Let me so ask you a question. Funny. When that came up, did Chris Charlton ask you to take it down? No? All right. <laughs> Did you get a tweet, a direct message? <laughs> uh, uh, I, thought, I thought Riddle looked good here, and I was kind of interested to see how the crowd would respond to him. There was a, a smattering of boos. However, I thought, by and large, the crowd seemed into him, which I think lends credence to my theory that um, it's a small, overblown pocket of noisy internet fans i'm not saying they're wrong like i i'm amongst those noisy fans who thinks you know maybe this is more trouble than it's worth but i don't think the critics are significant enough for it to uh, affect the business metrics of it i think as long as he doesn't do something completely stupid which he probably will do so i'm not saying he's not going to do that but if he can keep his nose clean then he's got every chance of having a, a successful run in New Japan. And again, I'm not apologising. I'm not being a Matt Riddle apologist. I think the stuff he did was shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to preface every single Matt Riddle discussion with with that little caveat. But again, you, you draw your own line in the sand with that. Um, interesting discussion about whether he is washed. You know, is he capable of reaching the highs that he was during well, before his WWE run. So that remains to be seen. That's a big question mark hanging over that. So we'll wait and see if he gets put in some prominent spots in New Japan against top-tier opponents. Can he show that he is uh, he's still got it? Um, but uh, also some interesting little tidbits with Jeff Cobb. So Jeff Cobb sort of hinting at or offering, inviting Matt Riddle to join United Empire. You know, maybe Matt Riddle could be the, the next leader of United Empire. Who knows? Um, however, standout performer in this match was Bad Dude Tito. Thank you. He is fucking great, and I'm not memeing. This is not a bit. I've been saying it since he appeared in, what, 2022? Yep. He is the truth. He has got everything. He has got the, the energy. He's got the passion. He's got the muscles. He's got the look. He's got the promos. He's, he's shown that he can get over and has got over with the Japanese fans. Why are we not doing more with this guy? Get him on the fucking plane to Japan. I want to see more Badu Tito in Japan, more Badu Tito in England. This is not just me saying it. Big Dave said it as well. People are starting to wake up. People are starting to get on the train. Badu Tito, we are we are collectively, the company is sleeping on him. We've got to wake up, smell the coffee. This guy is great. Yep, I'm with you. And here's the thing. I remember when he made his debut 
uh, and we were looking him up, and we're like, "Who? Who is this? What are we doing here?" And then he, uh, we we grew to love him. And you were you. There's no one else. Let me be very clear. Once again, Joel, not not just driving the train. He is the fucking conductor. And once again, dancing. Everyone dancing to to the tune that fucking Joel writes. And I'm glad people are waking up because you know I, I look. You're bad dude Tito. I, I'm going to say this too. And and bad dude Tito. I'm going to say this, and I mean this with every ounce of fucking everything I have in my cold black heart. All you need is is a different name. That's it. The name stinks. I'm sorry. No, no, it doesn't. No, no. no. The name strongly stinks. disagrees. Got bad dude Tito. No, love it. I, it's no, it's terrible. But that's fine. You want to be bad dude Tito, people. If you wind up. Doing great things, people aren't. You don't give a shit if you're called whatever. Who cares? Um, change your name. I promise you. Take it. Take it from me. I'm, I'm giving you that one for free. That being said, yeah, he's got everything. He's got everything and more. And he might be, dare I say, the most underrated wrestler. Not only. Not only. Within the New Japan roster, you could make an argument that he is the most underutilized guy in pro wrestling. How's that? How's that for a How's that between him and Filthy Tom? Yeah, Filthy Tom's on that list. I mean, definitely New Japan, you know, uh, underrated. But, I mean, like, if you're looking for potential upside, like, okay, fine. You want to make an argument and say Tom Lawler is a little, maybe, you know, a little past his prime, possibly. Okay. It's, I mean, it's fair. Like, um, I would, I would, as we uh, used to say, the stonks. Is that it? The stonks? Like, y- you got to be on board with that. Plenty of room on the train. Plenty of room on the train. But no, Joel was going to lead you to the promised land. J- Joel, the Joel train will lead you to the promised land. Uh and I'm glad to see that he's getting some love out there. Imagine, again, waking up in the morning being like, okay, I, th- I think I did pretty good. I think I did well. I wonder what the general consensus is. And Big Dave's out there finally speaking your name and giving you the props that you deserve. Now, keep in mind, we've been doing it for fucking years, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um, we'll take a back seat. We'll take a back seat. It's fair. Um, we were first. We were right. And we continue to push hard for him. So let's do it. Get him in the G1. Give him the Honma run. Ooh. He can lose all his matches apart from the last one. Just give him a win on the final night and the Budokan or Sumo or wherever it is, the crowd will explode with joy. Okay, let's, let's give, him, give him the fucking Jonah spot. Yep. Give him the Jonah spot. Come on. Yep. Let's go. Like We're looking for the, you know, this, the stereotypical big guy in Japan, fucking causing all kinds of havoc, causing waves. Not like Bullet Club. Not like, okay, we get it, your heels. Like a guy who's just going to go out in there and beat the fuck out of people and throw people around. Yeah, that's what we want. We would love to see that. Let's let's bring that back and let's use him as that tool. Ah, oh, that would be sweet. All right, enough. Enough. I'm, I'm going to give ba- bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> bad luck. Bad dude Tito. A big head. 
All right, uh, seventh match was the AW Continental Crown where the champion Eddie Kingston and Gabe Kidd went to a 12 minute and six second double count out. So match was pretty good. You know, I, I always enjoy their brawls. I thought the previous match they had was better than this and I think they have a better match in them. And so curious that they do seem to be going right back to this. I, I guess that's going to be at Windy City, right? So do you want my tinfoil hat theory? Tinfoil This, I think, I think this was originally penciled in to be Gabe winning the strong title off of Eddie Kingston until Tony had his hairbrace scheme of doing the Continental Crown. And I think that meant that this match couldn't be the handover for that strong title because obviously Eddie's holding these other two titles. I think they have postponed that by having the double count out here so they can do the rematch at Windy City Riot, by which point Eddie will have dropped the other two titles so he could lose the strong title to Gabe Kidd. Now, watch none of that turn out to pass, but it's the only sense I can make out of the fact that they have done a double count out here and not had a conclusive finish because they have, haven't seemed to have any other issues with uh, getting uh, New Japan wrestlers to lie down for Eddie Kingston up till this point. So I'm just thinking, why now? Why are we doing the double count out and redoing the match, presumably, at Windy City Riot? Right. I think the one thing that I was confused upon is I didn't know that these titles were could be separated and i thought it was they were all lumped in no one knows they're making it up as they go right. along right well that's yeah that's true um yeah but that was the, that was the thing where i was like wait wait what? i thought this was a uh kind of package deal i thought that was the whole point of all this wasn't that the whole point of all that like like we were combining all these titles and but now we're not i you're right Sometimes, you know, sometimes it just seems like pro wrestling is the most difficult and hard thing to book. Um, yeah. Uh, who knows? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, why not have have it uh, where Gabe takes the loss unless they wanted to do something and, and run it back? So, yep. I think you're on to something there. I think you're on to something there, Chief. Righty. We go into the... Semi-main event, the eighth match, a no-disqualifications match with John Moxley defeating Shingo Takagi in 26 minutes and 16 seconds. Continuing the streak. <laughs> the streak, yeah, ne- never loses in New Japan, never loses these death matches. Uh, this was good. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the no DQ matches, to be honest. I feel it's they're sort of very clunky and sort of labour from spot to spot and don't have much connective tissue. Uh, so it's not my favourite kind of match, although they did get into it in the end. So, you know, they had me going in the closing stretch there. So that was really good. But um, why yeah, do they not, feel not the need? Taste. Yeah, I'm with. I'm sorry. Well, I, I feel like I'm cutting yeah, off. It. It's like they're, they're contractually obliged to have some sort of gimmick, no disqualification right. match on every strong show. They they feel for some reason this is what American fans were. Maybe they're right because everyone seems to have loved this match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the match, um, but yeah, it's like it's good. It's a good match. they could definitely just have a great match. You know, like, I don't think they, you know, everything's got to be a fucking street. Like, oh god, if I see it is the most tired thing in all of pro wrestling. I think at this point, no, there is another thing that is that is even more tiring than we're going to run a show. In how many how many Philly street fights are we going to see come Wrestle Kingdom week in Philadelphia? Every fucking promotion. I'll tell you what. Can I give some advice? Stop it with the Philly street fights. Just because ECW was here doesn't mean we everybody's has to have a, we, don't, we don't need it anymore. 
Just can we just stop it with that? Enough already. Jesus Louise. Christ almighty. Uh, yeah, they could have just had a regular match and it would have been fine. And uh, that being said, still two guys in the ring. They're both great. So what did we expect? Both of them are uh, stars. But yeah, the one thing that did ring true, though, fucking John Moxley, man. If it's a New Japan ring, he ain't fucking locking down. <laughs> That's for sure. Boy, oh boy. A couple of interesting things in the fallout here. So first of all, I'm just going to throw this one out there. Something to file away at the back of your mind. Yes. Shingo and New Japan Cup. Just hmm. throwing that out there. Okay. I know. No, I don't know who the champion will be. Thumb Sakura Genesis. Could be Sonata. Could be Naito. Either way. Well, assuming it is Naito who's still it's champion. Please God Almighty. They, they don't tend to do the intra-faction matches. But Shingo winning New Japan Cup. Sumo Hall Show, headlined by Shingo versus Naito. That is not a match. They, they haven't done that match since the 2019 G1. Yeah. Just just file that away for later. Okay. Stick a pin in that. I think, it's, I think it's fair. I think everybody always kind of circles New Japan Cup and are like, okay, this is where Yoda Suji takes off. And <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's about 15 people who people are like, yeah, this is... This, this is where it happens. Right. It's like, right. Um, yeah, I'm, Shingo makes some good sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it. And Nick says, Naito versus Moxley. So yeah, Moxley called out Naito after the match. Naito versus Moxley seems to be being shown on graphics as a non-title special single match thing. Am I reading too much into that before New Beginning or is Sanada winning the belt back straight away Oof. and Wrestle Kingdom was just for Naito's moment? Now, I think it's very smart to do that, to announce that as a non uh, just a special singles match with you know the expectation being that if Naito is still champion that would be a championship match maybe it would be a champion match I don't know but there's a lot of plausible and interesting outcomes here it could be that Naito loses to Sonata or loses to the New Japan Cup winner there's you know plenty of defenses between now and Winnie City Riot whereby that could just be a non-title match could be Naito is still champion and is defending his uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Mox there. Could be that Mox wins it. Can't rule that out either. Wow. Mox winning the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight title. He'll hold it Not forever. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it will be Okada's right, you, <laughs> you, you rank those possibilities there. So Ooh. either Naito has lost the title by the time that match comes around and it's just a non title match. Uh, Naito is still champion and successfully defends against Mox, or Naito is still champion and loses it to Mox. Okay. Well, one, I'm going to throw something out here that was only shared in the deli, as we call it, there on our Discord that you can't get access to <laughs> unless you find a way to charm Joel. Uh, and even by sending me a receipt of a donation on Red Circle uh -huh. and proving you're not a twat. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I was told by a rather reliable source uh, that Sonata worked that match with a torn pectoral muscle, and as as it was described, ripped off the bone, um, which is crazy when you think about it. Uh, number one, just making his way and, and powering through that Russell Kingdom match. Um, 
But then New Japan following it up with, yes, you're going to work the next tour <laughs> and, and you'll have, you'll, you'll have a rematch. Uh, and that was the craziest thing that I, that, that I questioned, like, well, they're, they're going back. Why? What's going on? Uh-huh. Is he going to like, how is he healing from that? Um, but pro wrestlers are going to pro wrestle. Uh, so there's that, which leads me to believe that uh, Naito's winning. Um, two, the, you know, not for nothing, Naito's health isn't the best either. Right? Um, and this. Oh, sorry, can I just jump in and say Naito did add a caveat for their match at New Beginning that he said the loser is not allowed to participate in New Japan Cup, which could Ooh. be a nice convenient way to get them both on the shelf so they can yeah. have a little rest. There you go. Okay, nice. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds like it, right? Nice little nice little pro wrestling uh, way out of it, right? Um, so again, Naito is not in the best of health either, right? I think a lot of us already know that, but, you know, I've heard various degrees, and I know you have too, Joel, of you know how healthy Naito is. Uh, yes, I like the fact that at the very least, as of right now, they didn't tip their hand and say, "Okay, title match," uh, when you know he still has defenses that still need to occur. I don't think Moxley's winning any uh, heavyweight championship. Once again, I'll say stranger things have happened, but I just can't see that happening. But once again, we have to then say, okay, well, how do we get out of this one? How do we book our way out of this one if John's not going to lie down and we our world champion is not losing his title? Uh, so how do we book our way out of this one? Um, don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. The I, I would say the closest thing to a possibility is Naito going into Chicago as champion, defending his title. And you know what? (sighs) Look, John can lie down. It's not going to kill him. And it's not going to kill AEW. And it's not like the fucking promotion is going to fold. Right? Um, But yeah, they kind of I mean, maybe it's purposely they did this show. Maybe, I mean, I don't think that they had their sights set on Chicago, this show, and here's where you're going to finally lose. But, you know, it is a a nice little thing where, okay, here's a guy who hasn't lost in a New Japan ring. Now he's going against the world champion. You know, something's got to break. Something's got to bend. So, yeah, as long as... As long as Moxley loses, I got no problem about what they, what they do. I, I can't – give me – again, once again, heart of hearts. There's no way Sonata's winning this fucking belt, right? Uh, no, I mean – no. Okay. All right. Then there you have it. There you have it. Naito, Moxley for the title, Chicago. And we'll see how we book our way out of that one. Okay, uh, so then main event, Kazuchika Okada defeating Will Ospreay, 28 minutes, 34 seconds with Rainmaker. Very good match. Yep. Not their best. I think if I'm ranking their series, I think my favorite is actually the Wrestle Kingdom. Was it Wrestle Kingdom 16? I want to say where they had the main event there on the night two and then the G1 final. G1 final great. Oh my God, yeah. Really great. This felt like greatest hits and that is a sort of a running theme with these u.s shows that 
you know, you get your Okada Tanahashi, whatever. It feels like a, a greatest hits, hits match rather than them necessarily sort of pushing to have the the next best match in the series. And uh, but again, I'm not dominating with faint praise. I thought it was a really excellent main event, very worthy of the spot, and uh, a remarkably decisive win for Okada. Mm. There was no sort of crazy back and forth final sequence where. Uh, Okada's like squeaking out the win or being pushed to his limit or Osprey's coming really close to getting it. The, the end of it, he ate those three lariats and which was basically toast. And then Okada just put him out of his misery. You know, we got the risk control stuff, little rescue kingdom 10 callbacks and big exclamation point, Okada's the better man. And Osprey never really came close to beating him. So, you know, in their series, we've got, Osprey's two wins and what is it? Two wins and eight eight wins for Okada or something like that. Where Osprey's wins came when he cheated, when there was a great Okada interference in the G one, and then the twenty minute time limit G one match that no one really cared about and had a pretty crap attendance and seemed like more of a footnote than any sort of notable stuff. When it's come down to the crunch matches in their series, it's always been Okada winning. And if this is the final match in their series. Statement with Okada comprehensively the better wrestler. So, I mean, there's a discussion to be had about whether that is the right thing to do or not. Uh, I mean, I, you what, would be the, what, what would be the other way to go? Well, I mean, some people have said, like, oh, they should have given at some point Osprey the big win, like, let Osprey have He's leaving. to win the G1. Well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. I, I think New Japan have been vindicated in not giving Osprey that big Wrestle Kingdom main event win or G1 win. Because he's leaving. Right. And I don't think giving him one of those wins would have made him stay. I don't think them not giving him that win has uh, hurt his star power in Japan because the Japanese fans seem to adore him. So I think they were right not to give him that spot and they're right to book it like this. Uh, I would not have booked the end of the Osprey run like this, you know, with his final two matches being a a 10-man cage match and putting over a young whippersnapper Kazuchika Okada. I would have had it differently. I would have had him putting over a young guy. But uh, I can't argue with the outcome here. Um, yeah. yeah, dominant win in the feud for Okada. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, look, he's. We, nobody knows what the fuck is happening with Okada at this point, right? So it's, I think it's safe to assume that if he's there, he's not losing. Um, and we wanted Will to fucking put over everybody he could on the way out. To be quite honest. Um, no, why would I don't understand why anybody would put foot? Come on, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, but the, no more whites in New Japan. No whites in general. <laughs> wow. no white wrestlers should ever oh win my anything Lord. ever again. God <laughs> Almighty! That's, come on, um, listen, we got it. We don't have the best history in the history of the world, but c- can we have a win in New Japan, please? Um, I'm going to give you my. Uh, Least favorite thing in pro wrestling now. You ready for this? I actively hate the hug at the end of a match between two guys who apparently didn't like each other and had something to prove with each other. Like this thing where they everybody's got to hug each other and sob on each other's shoulder. And <laughs> I'm so sick of it. It is... Oh, I didn't uh, mind it. Oh, enough already. Ken, uh, stop. You know, I had a rather large discussion uh, of pro wrestling to someone who is 
within the confines of the business. Uh, and we were talking about the idea of what we do and how convenient it would be if promotions kind of worked with outlets like us and others uh, for information and to verify information and stuff like that. And some of the feedback I got got back was kind of like, that's okay. I don't, I don't know what, like the idea of pro wrestling still having to be somewhat of this cloaky mystery behind closed doors and behind the curtain thing that is an element of pro wrestling. Right. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that in, in 2024, like it's not 1976. Um, but okay. And then like a promotion does some stuff like this, you know what I mean? Where these guys, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Will Ospreay turn on Okada to form? Yeah. You know what I mean? He did. I, I don't know if you watched the backstage comments afterwards. There was a really heartfelt, a sort of strangely understated promo from Ospreay where he was talking like genuinely from the heart about how grateful he was for Okada, who basically had just looked after this kid when he'd come over to Japan. What was it, 20? 16 I want to say and and you know made sure he was well looked after and you know if he needed a doctor an English speaking doctor he, he made sure that was all organized for him and it was always checking in with him and, and making sure that he was all right and I think that that's what we saw at the end of that match it was just gratitude for him towards someone who has basically been outside of kayfabe and in, to, to some extent his his big brother and has looked after him during a time in his life when there was you know a lot of upheaval and turbulence and, and okay. uh, done right by him. So whether or not that should be what is presented in the zany world of pro wrestling where, you know, they're trying to sell uh, drama for fake fights that, yeah, that's another conversation to have. But I, I appreciated it as just a little sort of insight into the relationship that they had as, as men. Okay. And I, and I appreciate that too. I like that. That's fine. I think there's the, like, what I guess my question is this is what do you want me to do? Cause we we do this show for a select audience, right? Let's be truthful. Um, and we get it. I feel like, you know, like we're not – we get it. Um, but so how do you want me to react? Like, like is this what you you want me to, to – because I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I, I, I got no problem with saying, okay, these two guys have the the highest amount of respect for each other and – and yes, the whole backstory, what you just described, uh, that was described in in that interview. Okay, I get it. I'm 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 with you. So, but what, like, how do you want me to balance that between? Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where is that? I understand that pro wrestling right now is this this blurred thing. The line is, but like, you can't have it. Can you have it both ways? I guess this is my question. Like, can you have it both ways? And. Look, I'm not saying we we go back into the dark ages. It's impossible to do. The cat's already out of the bag. Like it's like you're not we can't go back in time. But in the same breath, don't expect us to kind of turn off our brains. And and I don't like pro wrestling so fucking weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like that's I guess that might be the biggest problem I have. Is like what do you want me to do? How do you want me to react? What? When do I turn off my brain and say, "Oh, this guy hates this guy, and he's challenging for the title"? 
uh, and between that and okay, these two guys are fucking incredible pro wrestlers, and let me just sit back and enjoy the fucking spectacle. Like, what? Wh- how? What am I supposed to do? And and I think that and and I've seen a, a lot in recent years of this whole. And again, I'm not comparing this to MJF and Adam Cole, but like this whole idea of we like like we have to tug at people's heartstrings all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Can we just have a match where two guys really kind of don't fucking like each other? And do you not think Osprey had earned that with his New Japan run? This being his last, possibly his last singles match in the company. All right, am I might just being a grouch? The guy whose first match was against that. I, I think there's enough there, even in kayfabe, to justify that with them. You know, Okada having brought him in and then being teammates on Chaos, and then you know, although Osprey betrayed him and set up his own thing and had to you know, find his own way and become his own man and become a leader. We have to do that in the middle of the ring. Sort of we, have, we have to have yeah. the hug in the middle of the ring. Like, Yeah, I, did, I didn't have a problem. Okay. I thought they earned it. All right, I'm just yelling at clouds at this point. All right. <laughs> you, you are, you, you, you're entitled to your interpretation. I think uh, that's what makes it an interesting podcast. It was, if it was always just us uh, circle jerking, then uh, it will be even more <laughs> unlistenable than it already is. Right. <laughs> Uh, we, we value that disagreement. Oh, fair enough. Fair um, enough. There was a big post-match uh, beatdown, so the War Dogs came out. Um, now, I know this was primarily to build the Osaka Cage match, but I did note that the first action with this in uh, th- this run-in was David Finlay hitting Okada in the face with a shillelagh. So again, I'm asking you to file that away for later. Okay. Um, I know I'm not saying that we're going to go straight into a Finlay versus Okada program, but not for nothing, as we say. You know, it could, could have easily done something different or kind of just rolling out the ring or whatever. Or I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm reading significance into that. Um, yeah. Is David That's Finley me. the guy that puts him out? Is what you're trying to tell me? What, Okada? Yeah. For Okada's final match in New Japan, he's going to put over David Finley. Yeah. No, the other way around. <laughs> I'm saying David Finley beats Okada in some type of stip match where he's got to fucking leave. Yeah, that would be great. I love it. Okay. Fingers crossed. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know what kind of situation it is, but again, again, just stick a pin in that. Uh, Scott says, hypothetically, uh, well, okay, this was sent in a while ago. He says, let's say Osprey is out after Wrestle Kingdom, which is, what's your main event rotation? Okada, Naito, Sanada, Suji, Shota. Is it time to graduate Hiromu to heavyweight? Anyone else you would add to the heavy scene? So, Let's just say who, who's going to be your big four going forward. Well, uh, Naito, I think, uh, again, health, always a factor and a consideration with him. But uh, I think he's there. Uh, look, I don't know what's happening with Okada, but if he's staying, he absolutely is in that mix without question. I think Zach is one of those guys that needs to be take even a, a further step up. Um. Look, I, I don't want to put any of the four musketeers in the mix because we all know it's happening. We just, you know, are impatient and we don't know exactly when. But uh, I would hope that's sooner than later. But of those three guys, they're definitely in the in the um, have, you know currently. Hiromo's, I, I can't see being a heavyweight. I'm sorry. I just think he's, and I said it last week. You know, nobody complained about Liger being the ace of, of, of the junior heavyweights for years. And, yep, he had a couple little uh, 
little tastes of heavyweight action throughout his his career, but he's, he's always a junior. And I'm sorry, that's I, I don't see Hiromo being a heavyweight unless they completely disband juniors. Just don't see it happening. Uh, um, and then, I mean, I would say Shingo, but like. You know, eventually that's that that's going to run out of gas. He's not a he's not twenty years old either. Um, it's amazing what he's able to do. But I you know I say that now, but like you look at guys like Minoru Suzuki, who you know before more recent times he was a guy that was a little up in age and able to go. Uh, let's you know, let's leave it at those three. Let's leave it at those three for now. I think that's a good mix. Multiverse A says, other than the production botch with Jeff Cobb's nameplate under Riddle, thus ruining the surprise, Battle was a pretty great show. Are you in favour of more Perry-like excursions, for lack of a better word, and in the future, will Damon be going to Windy City Riot? Uh, I have no plan. I have no money. <laughs> There's no. No. Nope. No, I, I will not. Uh, unless, unless things really change. And plus, I have a uh, I have a destination wedding to go to in March, late February, March, and I, 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 truth be told, I don't know how I'm doing that. Um, and it's something that I got to go to, um, and I want to go to, but I, I just don't know how I'm pulling that off. So that being said, unless uh, a miracle occurs, I, I can't see me being in Chicago. Uh, Marky says New Japan are already advertising two big matches for the Chicago show in April when delaying match announcements have hurt them forever in the US. Is this a change with the new leadership of Tanahashi and co? How much of this do you think we can attribute to our new president? Well, like I said a few times, I mean, it's my understanding that he's not sitting there with a bunch of Excel spreadsheets balancing the budget. Uh, But I do think that he's slowly going to take more of a leadership role. I think where we are now is that he is a voice in the promotion that uh, has has ideas, and I'm sure that he's contributed those ideas in the past. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more front facing, but uh, it's not like again, it's not like he's a president of the company in the, a in a way that a lot of people might think of someone coming in. Like he's not a bar. You know, he's not coming in in that way. I think he's more of front facing, able to contribute ideas, able to contribute stuff, uh, and again, being groomed for that position is going to take a little bit more work than him just plopping in a chair and saying, "I'm the president now. I'm in a big chair. I'm doing that's my part. <laughs> Very important. Uh, so we're going to be more than that. So." Uh, uh, but uh, it is his influence maybe being felt. I'll tell you what we talked about that direction. We talked about that. It feels a little bit more. Uh, at least there is a plan Th- that might that might have his stamp. That might have his fingerprints all over it. Who knows? Um, I, I I'll be optimistic and say sure. Why not? Let's let's say it is. And and, and if it is, it's a really good start. I wonder if this might be affecting the AEW relationship. Uh, Andrew says, if Danielson goes 0-2 in New Japan in 2024, will that put you in a more positive mood about the AEW partnership? Uh, Booze, this is a really old question, but she said, isn't discussion about Tony Khan hoovering up talent just history repeating? Isn't this the same discussion we had during the heyday of Triple H, NXT, and WWE going after the indies? So I I, I think it's a good 
chance to sort of touch on the AW relationship mm-hmm. because I am more enthused by what I've seen in recent months. It's looking a lot more balanced, a lot more healthy. I've enjoyed the contributions that the AW talent has made to New Japan. I think things like Gates of Agony in World Tag League was a net plus. Uh, I thought, you know, it's the, the booking seems to be a bit more even-handed. I don't feel like this is... AEW guys steamrolling New Japan guys when it comes to wins and losses. And and I really feel at the moment that that partnership seems more equitable and is lending more value to New Japan in recent months. Again, I don't know if that is um, because of Tanahashi. <laughs> you know, that's just pure speculation on my part. If it is Tanahashi in those meetings with Tony Khan physically intimidating him, <laughs> his large muscular uh, tits. Um, that's my theory anyway. But um yeah, I want to give a, a thumbs up to the uh, the relationship at the moment because I think it's doing some good stuff and you know stuff like what seems to be Jack Perry having this excursion in New Japan. Um, yeah, let's let's see where it goes with that. There's some someone knows that. It's always like when Arsenal sign a new player. Um, and I watch like the YouTube compilation. I think, oh yeah, I, I project like the best possible right. version of future events. And I think, oh yeah, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be the game changer. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic with everything. I think it's just looking like a more of a, a healthy working relationship than it, it has done in the past. And, and with Boozer's point about Hoover not talent, I think Tony Khan is smart enough not to kill that golden goose. Like I don't think it benefits him to. You know, for example, start hoovering up guys like Gabe Kids and Alex Coglin and Clark Connors when they're not established names yet in New Japan. If he is interested in those guys, the smart thing to do is to sit back and let New Japan get them over and build them up as stars and then come in and be like, hey, you want to come and uh, work a few dynamites? So, yeah, I, I, again, that's not something I'm terribly concerned about at the moment. And I'm, I'm more positive on the relationship. Yeah, look, I, I look. It, I feel like it changes uh, very often in the sense where you kind of feel. When I say you, I mean we. We kind of feel, you know, that it's hot, it's cold, it's it's beneficial, it's not beneficial, um, and I don't. And I think that it'll always be th- that fluidity to it. There's going to be things that we like. There's going to be things that we don't like. There's going to be times where it feels more. New Japan advantageous or at least a leveling of a playing field. And there's going to be times where we're like, we're getting fucked in the ass. Right. Um, I, it's, I look, you know, I often, not often, but every once in a while, I'll think about, well, what would it be like to be Tony Khan and have that much income to be able to say, okay, I love pro wrestling. I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling. And, you know, I don't want to compare it to this, but it's like he's playing a football manager. In, and he sees the blue chippers and he sees the available free agents. And, yep, he's going to sign them to my team because it, it just it's only going to make my team stronger. And uh, why wouldn't I sign the best pro wrestler in the world right now? Right? I'm a, I, I know what he can do. He's fantastic. Uh, and and that you know is like his job is is to produce great pro wrestling shows and and whatever that might mean that greatness could be what we saw with MJF and Adam Cole 
that greatness could be what it was at the start of AEW. That greatness could be CM Punk debuting. That greatness could be what you know, Wrestle Dream. That could be anything. That could be all of the above, right? It's his money. And also, like maybe maybe at this point, uh, New Japan offering a creative outlet to higher end AW guys who are perhaps feeling a bit frustrated yeah. with how things are going for them uh, in the states. No doubt. And 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 as much as we kind of like not questioned it, but we you know we had our concerns with Daniel Bryan coming in with you know and then with his injuries and that like he's given opportunities to guys to kind of live out those pro wrestling tape trading newsletter reading, you know, grind it out on the indies guys, you know, like as much as we kind of goof on it a little bit, Eddie Kingston is as much of a fan of pro wrestling as, as we are. And if not more, like he was there in the middle of it, trading tapes, doing his fucking, you know, (laughs) Jeff Lynch, compilation tapes and you know what i mean like like he was in the mix and and a, a massive fan and there's nothing wrong with that like look if 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 if, if i'm if i'm in that mix if i'm if by some reason i got more involved in the wacky wild world of pro wrestling you don't think I would be exactly like what the fuck they're doing? I would want to live out every fantasy that I ever had when it came to pro wrestling. Right? Somebody call Beulah McGillicuddy. <laughs> I need to live out every fantasy <laughs> I've ever had. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's that. Why not? And if and and at the end of the day, guess what? It's Tony Khan's money, and if he wants to spend it hoovering up talent. Who am I to say? Don't don't do that. Save the integrity of of what I like. He's helped getting the whites out of New Japan. He's helping. <laughs> what is it with the whites? Stop. Where am I? Way, let him cook. I love the white. I am a white. Come on. I'm Jay White. <laughs> Everyone. I don't like it all. All right. All right. Um, we should get over this. Let's preview yeah, the yeah. show in Nagoya. So this is coming up. On Saturday, January 20th, in the Aichi Prefecture Gymnasium, uh, we have kickoff match Shoma Kato against Katsuya Murashima. First match, Honma and Shota against Yujiro and Ren Narita. Second match, Callum Newman, Francesco Akira, TJP, Hanare, Jeff Cobb against Drillo and Maloney. Clark Connors, Gay Kid, Alex Coglin, David Finlay. Third match, we've got Watto and Despi. Oh, good. They're teaming up again. Happy mm-hmm. about that. Against Sho and Kanemaru. That should be good. I like that one. Um, fourth match, we've got Togi Makabe, Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada against Fujita, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, Zack Sabre Jr. Fifth match, Bushi, Hiromu, Suji, Shingo, Naito against Taka, Doki, Yuya, Taichi, and Sanada. So a lot of multi-man matches yeah. uh, on the uh, front half of this. Then we get into the... Back half, we've got sixth match, the KOPW 2024 provisional match. It's a 10-minute Ishimori ring fit match where in between um, t- every few minutes they have to do like little CrossFit training or something. I don't know. I've not okay, looked exactly terrific. what it is. But, uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm probably Ishimori to retain that. I don't know. It's, it could, could be quite funny and silly, but it's not... Um, giving me much hope for the Great Okan is going on a run 2024 campaign. Uh, prediction there for you? 
Oh, why is it not working? Okay. I've yes. tried. I tried to do. Okay, terrific. Okay, terrific. I was going to do it Okay, terrific. 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 Match, you know, one of those shit matches where they have to touch all four corners. So at least it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is winning KOPW provisional? <sighs> yep. Uh, Taiji Ishimori will be will win, be winning this. Why not? Yeah. Uh, seventh match is okay. So this is they're only defending the strong openweight tag team championships here. So okay. this is ELP and Hikuleo. Defending against the challenger team, Chase Owens and Kenta Stinky. <laughs> yeah. Wowzers. So uh, this is the first of two championship matches between these guys. I can't re- I don't know what the second show is that I guess the Osaka show or the Sapporo show where uh, GOD will be defending the IWGP tag championships but here they're just defending the strong overweight tag championships which you know maybe Kent uh, Kent and Chase Owens win and they might defend that in Chicago against uh, Tom Lawler and Fred Rosser so maybe Tom Lawler and Fred Rosser can win it off of the, the dastardly Bullet Club team but um, yeah, I have no interest and no use for the Chase Owens and Kenta tag team in the year of our Lord 2024 yeah um I'm okay. You know what I didn't know? I didn't know Kenta. Does Kenta live in Seattle now? I think so. Uh, I think he's in Florida, isn't he? That's what I thought. Wasn't he he tweeting or Instagramming stuff about how he was uh, shocked that you had to have a COVID vaccine to get a green card? Really? If you live in Florida long enough, (laughs) that's what happens to you, isn't it? Well, Florida is kind of its own world, so I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know the laws in uh, the uh, very conservative state of Florida. Who knows? Um, Kevin says you prefer a double, triple champion defending title separately, such as what G.O.D. are doing with their two Owens and Kenta matches, or together, a kid to Kingston defending his three titles at the same time against Gabe. Neither. There's too many titles. Get rid of at least half of them. Um, I don't like either of those, to be honest. Um, But yeah, no, it's silly when you right. I'm going to defend this title against you on this date, and then this title on this other date. It's it's yeah. That's that. I mean, honestly, that's what you're doing there. You're telling me that once again, none of these titles mean anything. Uh, the whole purpose of the idea of com- like, what was the purpose of combining? Like, whatever. <sighs> I'm going to just whatever. Let's enjoy pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Don't analyze yep. it. Just roll up the newspaper and hit New Japan on the nose <laughs> and say no. Right. Bad New Japan. Yep. Um, right, and the main event is our never open weight championship match. Tamatonga defending against Evil. Now we cannot discuss this without referring to uh, this this terrible incident that went down between the hours of eight thirty p.m. on January tenth, twenty twenty four, and twelve noon on January eleventh. JST Tamatonga's profile was erroneously erased from the New Japan profile page, and Evil was incorrectly listed as the never open weight champion. NJPW has come to learn that these alterations were made by staff members under extreme duress Uh-oh. at the command of Evil. After reviewing video evidence, these alterations have been amended. We apologize to fans and particularly to Tamatonga for the confusion and distress caused. Uh, <laughs> this was extremely funny when this popped up, and the first person 
to acknowledge this happening on the website. Thank I don't you. know if you were following this, where Tamatonga was suddenly removed and Evil was uh, put as the never open weight champion. First person, you know who the first person was to acknowledge it? Can I guess? You. Uh, you can. Uh, no. It was Evil. <laughs> Oh. Which might have been a little hat tip that perhaps this might have been uh, maybe possibly just uh, throwing it out there uh, a storyline thing. Ooh. Whereas we had uh, actual journalists saying, "Oh, the Tamatonga's contract has been terminated. I'm going to investigate and find out if there is uh, any truth behind this and what's going on." Um, but yeah, that that was probably the, the giveaway. What was going on here? Um, I had some fun with it. I, you know. Uh, thought that it was a, a house of torture hacking bit and a very funny one i thought it was really funny i don't know if you've seen this security footage of evil walking into the little pokey office and <laughs> intimidating the the guy into or girl i don't know i thought it was a young lady a young lady uh maybe it was a young lady yeah, yeah. Uh, and chris charlton just <laughs> sitting there doing nothing come on chris you're protecting you know once again Step chris uh, you had a moustache yeah you could have stood up to evil he would have been intimidated <laughs> by the manly facial hair and would have backed down but uh, i thought that was very very funny and you you know you might not like evil you might not like house of torture but you cannot fault their commitment to the bit yeah no doubt I, I, I a thousand percent agree. The idea of the uh, physical intimidation of uh, New Japan staff. Uh, and I did. I swear to God, I'm watching it. I'm like, come on, Chris, do something. I mean, take a bump. Come on, buddy. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, nothing. He just sat there like a, like, a, like a wimp. That's right. That's right. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. How do, you, how do you look at yourself in the mirror? I mean, look, you're going to go down. There's no doubt. And it's going to hurt, no doubt. But you gotta, you gotta come up. Gotta show some backbone, some spine, please. Just sat there, just sat there. <sighs> that was sad. That was sad to say. He was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Demasculated, emasculated. Is that the word I'm looking for? He was made to look a fool, as what he was. Uh, but I, yeah, uh, all kidding aside, I thought that was a good little bit. I, th- I you know what? If, if there was a fuck up, if there was a, th- a thing, if there was a whatever, whatever, you know, they made the most of it, and I loved it. And I and the idea of them, uh, <laughs> kind of leaning into it a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm I dug it. I, I definitely thought it was a good job. Whoever, whoever said, "Let's do this a little bit," I tip my cap to. If that was you, Chris. Uh, excellent job. Well done. Uh, so this could potentially be Tamatonga's last match in New Japan. So mm. I'm expecting Evil to win. And whenever we have Evil winning a match, that's probably going to be a bit of shenanigans going on. So I can't say I have particularly high hopes in terms of the match quality. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, they did have quite a hot match and, and a good closing stretch last year. So... That, or maybe it was the year before that. I can't remember. So there is a potential for this to be good. Uh, so one, do you think this is Tamatonga's last singles match? Uh, you know, he may get a send-off match later on in the tour, so this might not necessarily be the last New Japan match, but do you think this is the way out uh, for Tamatonga? Do you think Evil wins? And what are your expectations in terms of match quality? Well, if it is, uh, I would hope that this would be a nice, fun, goofy shenanigan-filled 10-15 minute sprint. And let's lean if we're gonna lean into it, I know this might shock some people, but if we're gonna lean into it, let's lean into it. Let it be just house of torture, fucking up, 
the whole entire thing. And 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 yes, if if he does, if this is it, let, let's he's going to look at the lights. But I have no problem leaning hard into the fact that House of Torture are a bunch of fucking dicks and pricks and 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 cheaters and all of the above. Right? Let's lean into it uh, because once again, it when the time comes, like some of the best moments. And I think everyone can agree, and and it was made good because of the company kind of leaning into the idea that nobody likes these guys and these guys are ruining everything and blah, 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 is when House of Torture would get their asses kicked and they would look like the Keystone Cops and they would look like a fucking a bunch of boobs and, you know, we were getting one up on them, right? Always, always a f- fun time. Well... You kind of, sometimes you got to reset that. You got to reset that. Um, and if a guy's walking out the door, then let's let's if, and let's lean into that again, so that when the time comes for them to get their their asses kicked again, then it'll be a little bit sweeter. Right? So, uh, truth be told, I it could very well be his last. I don't think anybody's going to, you know. Anybody's going to lose much sleep over that, uh, and 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 I say that in the sense of, I think it's good for both. It's good for the company. It's good for him. And if he can be home closer to his family, if if if, if that means WWE, if that means AEW, if that means NXT, if that means TNA, if that means fucking working on a casino floor, I I don't know, uh, but. Uh, again, those are the scenarios that I, I would like to see if, in fact, this is it for him. The house always wins. Ooh. Right, that'll do it for today. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast to give us money at Cobra Kawaii and progressandtees.com forward slash super j cast t shirts. Thanks, editor Dan. Tees on Twitter at lousyhero219. We're on Twitter at the super j cast. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye. My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad, and the Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines, and we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voice of the Wrestling Network.